Okay, so I hear you like books. Why, yes, I do. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have. Are you seeing the books? Everything you would want to read is right here. Feel it. Feels good, right? Just smell it. Nothing, nothing smells like that. Welcome, friends, to episode 15 of Team Friendship Reads the Newberries. This episode, we will be discussing the Newberry award-winning book from the mixed-up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. I don't know if I said that right. That's how I say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, here we are. Another episode. I'm here with 15, Lauren. 15, guys. I know. There's Mandy. <laughs> what up, friends? friends? <laughs> <laughs> that was a rough start. It's all right. You know what? We're here. We made we it. We made it. It's been I'm a just, while. I'm really shocked about 15 episodes. Have we been doing that this long now? Yes. It's 15 months. Guys, I listened. 15 books that you almost finished. Right? Well, I've read like half of them, probably. There you go. Seven. Maybe seven books you've read. We'll give it a solid, a week seven. <laughs> a week seven. <laughs> I listened to part of our very first episode a few days ago, and we've come a long way, so you're welcome, people. You're that welcome. one is so, like, I didn't even get to the part where we got into the book. It was just us, like, telling people about ourselves. Nobody cares, you no, know? they don't. But we... <laughs> Eventually they're going to care. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then I'll be producing merch, so... But yeah, it was... It was interesting. So, we've come it a long way. that we had a crappy book. Like I said, I hadn't even gotten to the part where we were discussing <laughs> the book. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, should we jump right into our For the Love of Books segment? For the Love of Books! Let's, let's dive in. Who would like to go first? I will go first. Leah's going to go first. Is everyone all right with that? Yes. All right. Go ahead. So I have been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately. I will only discuss one today. I well, selected okay. the most Lauren's appropriate book to that. discuss on this podcast. Wow. She's got a week seven lined up. <laughs> So, I recently read the book The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. It won the National Book Award long list this year. It sounds familiar. Is that like in the in in the spotlight somewhere right now? It could be. It we talked won about it. the award for best audiobook in like the Youth Media Awards, yes. which is part like okay. the Newberry and the mm-hmm. Caldecott are all part it has, of that. It's won quite a few yeah. awards. I think it was an honor winner for something about the Coretta Scott King. Yeah, I think it also got, because Newberry Award goes to like middle grade books mm-hmm. and then this there's a, an award for young adult books. I okay. think it won an award for, in that young adult. I can't think of the name of it, of the award. Was it but. the National Book Award long list? Mm-hmm. I thought that was like referencing something else, but that's the name of the award. <laughs> no, um, it has like someone's name attached to it. So I'm just going to read the little blurb about it because they do a better job than I do. All right. <laughs> so it's... 16-year-old Star Carter moves between two worlds, the poor neighborhood where she lives and the fancy suburban prep school 
she attends. The uneasy balance between these worlds is shattered when Star witnesses the fatal shooting of her childhood best friend, Khalil, at the hands of a police officer. Khalil was unarmed. And then it goes into his death becomes a headline. There's people saying, well, he could have been a drug dealer or a gangbanger. So maybe it was justified that Mm. he was shot, even though Mm. he was unarmed, even though he wasn't. Even though there was no reason. There was no threat to the police officer. Um, And so it just goes into everything. that There's protests. And obviously it's kind of ripped from the headlines. She was inspired by um, the killings that have caused protests and riots and put more attention on the issues there. I, I mean, we're all white and live in, you know, preppy areas for the most part. And, like, we, d- we don't really see the other side. We didn't grow up seeing the other mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. And so this book has a lot of, um, of language. The F word is used quite a bit. And I'm not comfortable with that. I, I'm not going to say I'll never read or watch anything with it in it. I'm just not used to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of hard at first, especially as an audiobook. But... The lessons I was learning far outweighed <laughs> my right. discomfort with the language. So it was definitely a world shift, mind shifting kind of book for me, especially the part where um, it's one of her white friends is saying, well, I heard on the news that he was a gangbanger. And I know I've said that before, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like I or mm-hmm. thought it at least. Mm-hmm. And what does that have to do really with anything? Right. He's a life that was taken and it wasn't there's not justice being served and so that was definitely one of those moments where you're like okay my thinking needs to shift that's Mm -hmm. not correct um and just everything that goes into the circumstances um there's poverty driving some of the things that were done and um trying to provide for your family or trying to just survive in a rough neighborhood Mm -hmm. where the gangs were everything and if you Mm -hmm. didn't join one of the two gangs your life was terrible and when you join a gang it's like a family they take care of you Mm -hmm. they make Mm -hmm. sure that you have food Mm -hmm. and clothes and new shoes Mm -hmm. and you know things that are important to a teenage boy like yeah besides food and clothes (laughs) you know so it's just a you kind of need to look at things differently sometimes Mm -hmm. i think so i'd recommend it if you can handle some language and some scenes that I don't know that I would be comfortable letting my kids read about, but mm-hmm. it's a YA book. It's not a kid's book. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I enjoyed it. And also I found out they're making a movie. Um, it's in post-production right now. Maybe that's wow. where you've heard of it. I'm not sure so when it's coming out. I looked and looked for a release date mm-hmm. and they're saying maybe late 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, I'll have to read that book. Yeah, and there's a sequel coming out to this book in 2019. The main character in the book, the girl who's going to play Star, is Amanda Stenberg, who played Rue in Hunger Games. (gasps) I love her! I know. And also, interestingly enough, sad, it's kind of sad, but the Star has a white boyfriend from her preppy school, and the kid that was playing him had to be removed from the movie because they found videos of him making very racist remarks. So they are recasting his role. Good. That's good. But I just, even in the middle of this, like, powerful story, and then there's that. It's kind of frustrating. But 
So I'm excited. I'm interested to see how they do the movie. Common is playing her I uncle. I love Common. I too. He's, he's a rapper. rapper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here, right now he's doing... There's a commercial that he does for, like, uh, IBM or, like, one of those, like... Every time things. that, when I had Nora over in our house, every time that came on, she'd stop yeah. and watch it, like, yeah. fascinated. Yeah. So, that's my love of books. Awesome. Proud of you, Leah. Do you have any love for books, Mandy? I'm, I have love for all the books. <laughs> are, you, are you reading anything right um, now? Other I'm, than this I'm book. I'm reading Obviously, from the yes. next <laughs> Yes, we know. Um, I'm still reading... Uh, what was that Rick Riordan book I was reading? I don't know. The Norse mythology. Oh, Madness Chase? Yes. Mm -hmm. I am still reading that. Um, it's on the back burner because I was trying to read this guy. And I I also got my copy of Rebound. Rebound. Yes. But I haven't started it yet because I knew if I started it, I definitely wouldn't read like any. It's, yeah, it's one of those that if you're reading, reading. you're not going to yeah. put it down until you finish it. So it's on the shelf <laughs> waiting. Yeah. That's my love of books. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I, so last time I mentioned I was reading Middlemarch by George Eliot, which is an, it's a ginormous book. And so Leah encouraged me to try the audio. So I did. And so I go to get the audio. It's 28 out. It's over 28 hours, which is the longest audiobook I've ever listened to. So I'm still working <laughs> on it. I think I've got like, well, let me look and see how many hours I have left. And I'm listening to it on double speed. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness! It's speed. good. It's it's like it, at the beginning, it's just like introducing you basically to all these characters. And this book was written in the 1800s, so like they don't have television or anything like that. So like I feel like this book is like their version of a TV series because like it just really is. It's uh, just think of it as a whole season of Middlemarch or like five <laughs> seasons. <laughs> I'm serious, like. <laughs> They made a miniseries of it, you know, as the really? BBC would do. Uh, they need to make it, like, a, like a regular, like, hour-long TV show. Wow. It could, it could, it could, it could really do well, I think. <laughs> there's just, because Middlemarch is the name of the town, and there's all these people in this little English town, and I politics is going, towns. you know, there's a lot of politics, yeah. and romance, and just, te- you know, just town gossip, and right. all that, you know, stuff that goes along with towns. This sounds fun. I have 12 hours and 25 minutes left of this book. Well, that's so. right. You're like... Yeah, so I've only been doing this since January or February. Just, so. you know, one of these times when when Michael is not working, give Nora to him and spend <laughs> your whole day listening. I listen to it, like, in the shower and as I'm getting ready. That's usually when I listen to it. Mm. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm also reading this book... This is not a, a fiction book. It's it's called The Importance of Being Little, What Young Children Really Need from Grown-Ups. It's by Erica Christakis. Or Christic, I don't know how to say her name. Anyway, it's the premise of her book is that mo- the majority of American preschools are doing a disservice to children, the way that their curriculum and just how the program is run, like kind of the... The main goal of preschool is kindergarten readiness. And mm-hmm. her premise is, yes, we're getting them ready for kindergarten, but we're seeing these studies coming out that as kids are getting older, like first, second grade, 
that they're begin like their test scores go down and they begin mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. just not enjoy school anymore because and they believe she believes that it's because of of their preschool years and um mm-hmm. it's just she thinks that there's too much of that regurgitation of like what letter is this what number is this what color is this mm-hmm. what shape is this and she believes that kids need to do more um thinking and mm-hmm. processing mm-hmm. and just learning to how, have conversations right. with other mm-hmm. people and adults. Right. And yeah, reasoning you don't want to watch skills. the same episode of something over and over. Yeah. And so, as a preschool teacher. Same characters. Yeah. New <laughs> As a preschool, a former preschool teacher, hopefully I'll get back into it someday. Part of it was a little discouraging because I've done all that stuff. Right. Like, and so, but like, thankfully, like, I'm probably about halfway through the book. Thankfully, not everything we do is bad. It's just maybe change up how we do it. She gives an example of a classroom she visited. It was four-year-olds. And I don't really remember how the conversation got brought up, but the kids were debating whether or not fish have bones. And each child kind of gives their, like, prior knowledge. And, like, one little girl says, well, I have a pet fish at home. And, you know, when when it swims by the light, I can see bones in there and, like, you know, other kids were like, well, how do they move like that if they have bones? And one of the kids goes and grabs the animal encyclopedia to look up, you know, more <laughs> about fish. And then they start talking about dinosaurs. And, like, it just leads. And, like, the teacher in this scenario, um, she kind of guides them and leads them. But she never mm-hmm. gives them an answer. And, <laughs> and like, so much learning is happening in that moment. It's just the kids using using their reasoning skills and learning, like, mm-hmm. how to research things mm-hmm. and find things and learn. Sounds like our book that yeah. we're going to talk about. <laughs> and, um, it does. So, yeah, and I just, I don't know, I thought that was such a beautiful moment because the teacher could have, like, a, the kid could have said, hey, do fish have bones? And she could have just been like, yeah, move on. Right. We Like, we got to get on with our day. But she uses that moment mm-hmm. to, to, to help them learn like it's not just about regurgitating facts it's mm-hmm. about reasoning and thinking mm-hmm. and having a a conversation like even in that moment sh- the kids are learning how to debate like in a polite way like right mm-hmm. so i think in that moment one of the kids like was like you know telling one of the other kids that their thought was dumb or whatever and it's like learning how to navigate that like mm-hmm. and kids can learn these things yep. they can learn these social skills and i don't know and she talks about like art projects and like how like especially even parents, like, they're so focused on, like, getting that project to hang on their fridge. And it's like, do we really need the little hand turkey at Thanksgiving, you know? Like, you know, what, you know, can we teach them more about turkeys and, you know, just different things. So Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying this book a lot. So well, when you have to hunt for the information yourself, usually you find out more information, too. And it just... Not only do fish have bones, they have fins. Yeah, <laughs> it just yeah, it just kind of and eyeballs. I don't and then I don't for me when I like I mean I like to learn stuff. Got something on my shirt there. I like to learn stuff. But yeah, like when you're just like researching stuff, like Mandy said, like yeah, you just mm-hmm. you wanna know more and right. like you can foster that in these children, like mm-hmm. giving them that desire to learn more. And so that they're excited about school, where mm-hmm. as, you know, the way it is right now in most schools, it's just going from one activity mm-hmm. to another, and it's almost like you're on an assembly line, and <laughs> nobody likes that. Yeah. It's like being a zombie. Yeah. We were just talking about that in our 
Lauren and I are part of a book group. Lauren skipped it the other night. Well, I had a NICU meeting. Sorry. <laughs> I was helping NICU families. So anyway, <laughs> the other night, we basically were talking about this, like the importance of understanding versus just knowledge, mm, where if yeah. the teacher would have said, yes, a fish has bones, yeah. and they would have known, yeah. yes, a fish has bones. Mm-hmm. But by researching it and debating it, then they mm-hmm. get understanding of yeah. the knowledge for themselves plus mm-hmm. learning more. Like Mandy said, you find more things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, like, in a Christian in school. Like, isn't that neat how God, like, designed the fish and what what right. wisdom he had in doing that? And, and even if you apply it to Bible study instead of just, oh, God loves me. That's what the teacher yeah. told me. Instead of that, you can look into the scriptures for yourself and learn how to study them. And yeah. instead of just taking all the rote knowledge and then getting out and on your own and not having <laughs> any actual understanding mm-hmm. of what that Bible knowledge meant, which I mm-hmm. feel like we've all seen that and experienced yep. it for ourselves. <laughs> now we're having to learn how to study mm-hmm. and, and know that information for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be so important on many yeah. levels if yeah. you can train a child when they're four yeah. years old and it takes <laughs> how to do that a lot of effort and I, I think teachers from all grade levels can kind of relate to this you can it's so easy to get stuck in that curriculum of this is our lesson today this is what we're doing right. here's all your materials but that's I mean a lot of learn, curriculums <laughs> make it so easy like anybody yeah. can come in and be a teacher because you just read the curriculum and do the activity but it takes a lot of skill to be able to you know, kind of facilitate that type of conversation and, and allow the kids to take mm-hmm. ownership and to of their learning. not be totally in control. Yeah. You have to let go of the control. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she argues in the book, she's like, I'm not all about just letting the kids do whatever no. they want. Like, you have to have order, you know, which I like because I've heard some people on the other end, like, very right. extreme. Like, no, the kids should just come in and do what they want. <laughs> there are people that learn that the answer for everything is middle ground. Yeah, she argues a lot about, like, the happy medium. <laughs> I've also picked up a few books at the library lately to read with Nora. She only has two on her list, but there's, like, a sub part. Well, I've, these are picture books, so they're not... Um, Middle like graders. Pictures. Yeah. So the first one, and this one I didn't, I got this one more for myself, not really for Nora, but it's called Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut. So it's about this little boy who goes into the barber shop and gets his haircut. And he, it's, he's a black little boy. And so this is what he does every week. He gets his haircut and it just talks about like how it makes him feel. And like, I mean, Leah read it too. Like it's so just, cute. Yeah. I feel like that after I get a haircut too. Like you just feel on top of the world. You feel it's like, true. yeah, I'm looking good. Like I can do anything. And just, I don't know. It was just, it was neat. The illustrations are really good. Really so good. I highly recommend that book. And then I read Wolf in the Snow, which won the Caldecott Medal this mm-hmm. year, which is kind of like a take on Little Red Riding Hood. So it's mostly pictures. There's not really a lot of words, but it's really it's really good. And then I also read Before She Was Harriet, which talks about the life of Harriet Tubman. And I, I learned a lot about yeah. her from this picture book that I didn't know about her. So pick that one up as well. So do it today. <laughs> So that's my love of books. Well, guys, we all, well, Manny and I received a copy, a free copy, advanced copy of Free Bound. I don't want to talk about it. But we're all part of the... Fans? Uh, the no. launch team. Launch, launch team. team, yeah. There we go. For Rebound by Kwame Alexander. Kwame! So, and that's- we need a copy of Rebound <laughs> for Leah. 
I know you listen. Well, I let her borrow mine, so. Yes, I'm um, almost done with it. I signed one. So we're just going to give our spoiler-free review, and Mandy hasn't even read it yet. I haven't read so. any of it. So, so hers will be totally spoiler-free. Zero spoilers from either of you. But this book is a prequel to means the... it happened before. <laughs> Thank you. Mandy here to give definitions. <laughs> Like uh, CJ from the book. Exactly. <laughs> it's a prequel to the crossover, which we reviewed in an episode of Team Friendship Reads the Newberries. So check that out if you haven't read that yet, which that book is so good. Everyone should read that book. There's no reason for you not to read that book. And that is for my husband, Michael. Wow. <laughs> Why doesn't he... Isn't there, like, an audiobook version? No. If there isn't, there should be. He took issue with one of my book reviews last episode. It was for the Vanderbeeker book. Mm. Because I had written a review about it. So all I said was it was delightful and everyone should read that book. And he's like, what is it about? (laughs) (laughs) He was so mad. You're not writing your book, by the way. Absolutely. When you write a review, you're not writing the blurb on the back of a book. He's like, I don't want to write your review. He's like, I don't want to read your review. I wanted to hear about it in the podcast. So, Michael, for you and anyone who hasn't read The Crossover. (laughs) The Crossover is about a family, and they have twin boys, and they play basketball. They're in middle school, and they play basketball. And it's just about... Kind of, it's told from the perspective of one of the boys. It's written in verse, so it's poetry throughout. And just kind of how he's navigating high school. His brother gets a girlfriend and he starts to feel left out because he and his brother are, you know, obviously best friends. And their uh, their dad is dealing, like, with a heart issue the whole time in the book. And so it's just, uh, it's just one of those good family, you know, navig- coming-of-age stories. Right. and Dealing with crisis. Yeah. Basketball. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So check it out. It's really good. And check out our episode on it. Yeah. So Rebound is a prequel. So it's about their dad when he's in middle school. And it takes place over the course of a summer and just what he's dealing with. And in in the other book, it alludes to some of the trials that their dad Mm -hmm. faced. Yeah. And what made him the way he was. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the book, you find out that this isn't a spoiler, so... Don't get mad at me for saying this, but at the beginning of the book, like, the very first page you find out his dad has just died, like, very recently. So he's, he and his mom are both, like, navigating this, you know, very big trial in their life, and it's just kind of how he's dealing with it and how his mom's dealing with it, and obviously basketball comes into play, and it's, it's, it, this book could stand on its own. It really could be its own story. But at the end, he ties it into the crossover in such a beautiful... I mean, I just was crying the last few pages. Don't tell me that. It was so beautiful. (laughs) So, um, the book comes out April 2nd, I believe. April 2nd! And then you can have your own copy, Leah, unless I can get Kwame to send you one. (laughs) I'm going to work on it. But yeah, I'm very excited um, for everyone and their mom and dad to read this book. So... Rebound by Alexander. All right, guys, are we ready to get into some book news? <sighs> Hello, friends. 
Welcome to another segment of Team Friendship Book News. First, we're going to uh, congratulate Erin Entrada Kelly for winning this year's New Mary Medal for her book, Hello Universe. Congratulations. Good work, Kelly. And if you follow her on Twitter, she's just super, she's so excited about this. Like she's, She's so sweet and like just is soaking this up. So good for her. Lauren follows everyone. On the Twitter. Oh, I follow the people that I want. I'm follow. not very active on the Twitter. <laughs> Maybe I should get more active. It seems exciting. A lot of people talk about it. Yeah. It's true. People do talk about Twitter a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm getting a little bored with the Facebook. So Twitter maybe... is more exciting. Oh, yeah. You have Twitter. a lot more uh, mm-hmm. input on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you can follow famous people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they talk to you. Yeah. Exactly. Sort of. All right. Um, the honor books this year were Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut. Just yeah, discuss that just one. About. By Derek Barnes. Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. <gasps> I've read that one. Oh, good job, Leah. Joey and I read it together. Another, another star. Thank you. That's what we should do, guys. We should have those little chart things like they have when you're kids and we get little stars when we really read books. enjoy that. Can you make one of those for Absolutely. me? Absolutely. I could totally it. make those. Okay. Maybe make that would be a help it. for Mandy. Be to a, put a star on the chart this little, month. little incentive for her. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and Piecing Me Together by Renee Watson. I know nothing about anyway. these books. It's okay. But that's all right. Check them out. Honor books. So, Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut, it won a Newbery honor, but it also won a Caldecott honor this year. So, that's why it was. Mm, so probably excited. for Illustrated by Gordon C. James, yes. which you didn't let me read because you cut me off. Sorry. Oh, I'm really, really sorry. Intense book news, everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, Disney is making The One and Only Ivan by Catherine Applegate. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. So, this will be their second. I mean, I did. Newbery. Hi, right. Disney. Winner. Good yeah. luck this time. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you guys. I'm gonna be, you're going to be under So, yeah, Angelina glass. Jolie is in this. Sam Rockwell. It might be good, then. Who else is in this? There's a chick from the Disney Channel voicing. Her name's Brooklyn Prince. Mm-hmm. She's in Stuck in the Middle, I think. I don't know anything about Disney Channel yeah. anymore. There's a Disney Channel we, girl we that's going to be read in. The one no, wait, only Ivan yet, Green, have we? Ariana Greenblatt is in Stuck in the Middle. We have not read The One and Only Ivan. We should read that before the movie comes out. We should. So, yeah. So, this will be part live action, part CG. Yay! <laughs> That'll be so fun. It will be. <laughs> um, Kate DiCamillo has a new book coming out this fall. Louisiana's Way Home. I'm so Leah's excited, excited about you, this book. Because this is a spinoff of, of Rainy Nightingale, Nightingale, which I listened to audiobook. Yeah. I think... I think I... The girl who voices the main character, who does the book, mm. an audiobook is really good. It's a yes. spinoff of her book, Rainy Nightingale, about a little girl who is participating in a beauty pageant to try to get her father... Who left her family to return home. In the process, she makes friends with some of her competitors. Louisiana is one of those girls. This book will be Louisiana's story. Dun, dun, dun. I'm really excited. Those characters, that book, 
It was delightful. I recommend it. It's a fun read. Of course. And of course and we it love makes all you cry Kate. because it's Kate. Right, it's Kate. But yeah, she's the characters are cry. so quirky. And it seems like this is a great. book that she wasn't necessarily planning to do, but just felt like the character needed I to get that. her own story. And so yes. she just wrote it. And Louisiana was such a lovable... <laughs> Strong character, okay. even though she wasn't the main character, mm-hmm. I could totally see yeah. her feeling like her story needed to be told. That's awesome. I'm really excited about this, you guys. It was just announced a few days ago. I have more for you to be excited about. Okay. Ah, Chamber of Secrets House Editions. Yes, more money given to J.K. Rowling out yes. of my pocket. I will give you <laughs> all the money, pocket. J.K. <laughs> <laughs> and... Along with that, paperback illustrated editions of Harry Potter Philosopher's Stone will be available this August. Mm-hmm. Nice. So they've come out with hardback editions so far of the mm-hmm, first three, mm-hmm. and now they're going to be doing paperback editions. So somebody was like, what's the difference? And they're like, it's just, it has fewer illustrations and it's paperback. So mm-hmm. they thought it might be better for younger oh, kids. We're going to have to wait for... But the story's the same. For the illustrated Goblet of Fire... Yeah, so the illustrated editions have been coming out one a year since they've started them. But Goblet what are we of... going to give each other for Christmas? I know, right? Goblet of Fire <laughs> won't be out till 29... fall of 2019. So, And there's a lot of fans speculating that it will be a two-volume piece because that book is so long. And when you add illustrations to it... I mean, that's why it's going to take him two years to get it ready because that's a lot of book to do illustrations I would be for. okay with two volumes if they came in one sleeve. Yeah, oh, I'm sure they, I'm sure they'll do that. But that means I don't, it's yeah, going to be like double the cost I know, probably. I like, because these books kind of remind me of like coffee table books. Like mm-hmm. that's just how ginormous they are. So They look good on your bookshelf too though. They do and I take the I take the what are those things the called? Sleeve. Book jackets. I take jacket. those off and mm. So yeah, I probably I'm I will probably not be investing in the paperback versions of them. Why do we need them? <laughs> you know, it's just another way for them to make money, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's what that's what that's what they do. Yeah, we got to give them more money so they can do more stuff. So I can give them more money. All right, guys, are we now ready to get into our book? Yes. From the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. This book is the winner of the 1968 Newbery Medal. 1960s. See, she picked a pretty old one. Written by E.L. Konigsberg. And I'm sure Leah will get into this, but E.L., she had a good year this year. In 1968. Yes, she yeah. had a good year. Oh, I was like, now? She's having a good year <laughs> no, now? She is, she's deceased. Away. Okay. Yes, she is, she is deceased. <laughs> or passed away. And, um, <laughs> we don't, that's important because <laughs> people have died yes. because it's offensive. Mm, it's in the book. <laughs> that means the they end. died. Yes. So yes. let me read the blurb. When suburban Claudia Kincaid decides to run away, she knows she doesn't just want to run from somewhere. She wants to run to somewhere. To a place that is comfortable, beautiful, and preferably elegant. She chooses the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. Knowing her younger brother, Jamie, has money and thus can help her with a serious cash flow problem, she invites him along. 
Once settled into the museum, Claudia and Jamie find themselves caught up in the mystery of an angel statue that the museum purchased at auction for a bargain price of $225. The statue is possibly an early work of the Renaissance master Michelangelo and therefore worth millions. Is it or isn't it? Claudia is determined to find out. Her quest leads her to Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler, the remarkable old woman who sold the statue, and to some equally remarkable discoveries about herself. So, Leah, can you give us some author history on E.L. Konigsberg? I can, indeed. Awesome. Her name is Elaine Lobel Konigsberg, hence the E.L. E.L. So she was born in 1930 in Manhattan. She died in 2013. She was 83 years old. Oh, that wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. Um, So her family moved to small town Pennsylvania. Um, And then she graduated from high school there and met her husband. She was working as a bookkeeper in a meat plant. All the rolling hills and such. I've never been. We should go sometime. You know, I'll do that. <laughs> so she actually graduated from the Carnegie Institute of Technology. Ooh, in prestigious. She had a major in chemistry. Wow. I could never do that. Right. I hate chemistry. So she became a chemist. And she was, in a couple of things I read, she said that growing up in a small town really shaped her. I mean, she <clears throat> was born in Manhattan, but mainly grew up in yeah. small town rural. And she said it really shaped who she was and who she became. And the whole reason that she became a chemist is she never really saw anyone around her making a living in the arts. So that wasn't mm-hmm. ever really an option for yeah. her. She needed to do something practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe she was one of the first in her family to have a college education, graduate yeah. from college. So she didn't actually start writing books until she has three children. And when the youngest went off to school, then she started writing she said she'd put off her chores until the afternoon <laughs> and write in the morning. So she, I thought this was kind of interesting. This is her blurb about growing up in a small town. She said, it gives you two things, a sense of place and a feeling of self-consciousness. Self-consciousness about one's education and exposure, both of which tend to be limited. On the other hand, limited possibilities also mean creating your own options. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's kind of what motivated her to write stories. Um, she felt like she never really saw herself in any of the books that she read. Which I guess if you think about some of the classic children's literature, it is more highbrow. Like, mm-hmm. it's not really for the common. Like, nowadays we see all of these books that try to relate to situations mm-hmm. children are in. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes sense that she won because that was her motivation was to write stories that her kids could relate mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. because she didn't grow up with books she could relate yeah. to. She said a lot of the books, you know, people had maids and they, yeah. were, you know, right. they would go off to boarding school and things like that. And she it's, said, it's an era of fantasy. Right. And in her day, most, like most of the moms in her neighborhood were maids. So yeah. like yeah. it wasn't very realistic mm-hmm. for her. Uh, so anyway, so she wrote this book and she actually used her children to pose because she's also an artist. Um, so she did the illustrations herself. And so she used her daughter, Lori, to pose for Claudia and her son, Ross, to pose for Jamie. Aww. Yeah, that was sweet. Oh, 
should have um, known that. One of her other kids is one of the kids on the bus, uh-huh. too. Yeah, her son, uh, Paul. Hmm. So she said her favorite authors growing up were Frances Hodgson Burnett, which I don't really know anything about. Why does that sound familiar? I'm sure they probably wrote something <laughs> popular. And Louisa May Alcott. Louisa! That was nice. Her, and I always like to see what their advice is for writers. Just, I find that intriguing. I don't know if anyone else does, but she said she always gives one word to writers, and that word is finish. Hmm. Because I think the difference between being a person of talent and being a writer is the ability to apply the seat of your pants to the seat of your chair and finish. (laughs) It means you'll sit there and work out the details and work out the next transition in that you'll have the discipline to transform talent into a written story, book, whatever. Secret Garden. (gasps) Little Lord Fauntleroy. Fauntleroy. Oh, I loved that movie. (laughs) That's why her name was familiar. Awesome. Good for you. I I've never heard that name, but I've heard those books. Obviously, um, weird things spark just things. They're in just my brain. stuck there in your brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much all about her. Uh, it's just a little bit of background of her in this book. She was inspired to write the book because she would go into New York City. They lived in a suburb of mm-hmm. the city. Um, and she would go in and take an art class oh, okay. And on Saturdays and take her kids with her. And the kids, she would drop off at the Met. Okay. They would kind of wander around there and she would go take her class. And then she went to pick them up one day and there was a kernel, or a, yeah, a kernel of popcorn on a chair, a French antique chair behind ropes. Mm. And it just kind of mm. stuck in her head, like, how did that get there? Probably um, some stupid kid threw it, but I like her thought process. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just a few other things, like a statue that was purchased for the same price as the one in the book. It turned out to be a fake, but kind of got her thinking. Um, and I think it's really neat that she really they really did have a good relationship between her, her book, and the Met. The Met would do special tours for kids. Mm -hmm. Um, On the anniversary of the book, they had a special event. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't sure how they would feel about her book, (laughs) having kids kind of break in and (laughs) do that. I wonder if they, like, up their security after this book came out. (laughs) I feel like now it's probably very good security. Exactly. Is it still free to get in there, or do you have to pay now? I can't remember if the Met is one... So some of the museums, they put a price, but you don't actually have to pay it because they're funded by taxpayers. Oh. And so I can't remember if the Met is part of that or not. I went one time when we lived there, maybe twice, um, and I actually saw the Egyptian tomb kind of thing where they were hiding when oh, they okay. saw their classmates. I was like, oh, I remember being That's there. That's cool. Like, a lot of it, some of it's been moved around, and she talks about In my book, I don't know if you guys yeah, have this, that has the afterword. Yeah, afterward, yeah. Um, so in the afterwards, she kind of talked about some of the changes that were made after she wrote the book. Um, it's like the bed was moved or gone or something and other things changed. But I know for sure that that Egyptian thing is still there, at least as of a couple years ago. Awesome. Uh, let's see. So it looks like for New York residents, you can pay whatever you want. So maybe that's it. So it's like a donation. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, it's $25 for adults, 12 for students, free for members. There you go. And children under 12. So I assume that's anyone out of state? Probably. That's not fair. I'll go with someone who lives there. 
That's what we did when we went to the Natural History Museum. We went with Leah and Joey, and we paid like ten bucks for like all five of us to get in. <laughs> well, I guess it's no different than around here when Chicago museums have their free mm-hmm. days, and mm-hmm. I've done that before. It's fun. Um. So. One last thing I'd like to read that she said, which I think is really neat for just being a creative thinker and kind of seeing the mind of this particular author. Um, They asked her, where do you get your ideas from? And so she said, you know, things I've read, people I've met, all of the classic information. Um, She said, the important thing about ideas is the coming together of character, place, theme, and plot. Uh, I'm going to suggest something. Suppose you take an ordinary event and ask yourself, what if? A kernel of popcorn on a chair. Mm-hmm. She said, suppose you get on this school bus tomorrow morning. What if suddenly the school bus driver can only speak speak Hungarian and your best friend won't speak to you at all? Suppose you get up in the morning, you see the sunrise, and what if the trees and the light of day are all blue instead of green, and the sky <laughs> is red instead of blue? Suppose you're sitting in school, and what if you're suddenly not right-handed but left-handed? What if you're suddenly blue-eyed instead of brown-eyed? Take an ordinary event and ask yourself, what if? And when it all comes together, that's what getting an idea really is. And mm. That's like a way of thinking I don't really have, <clears throat> necessarily. In the morning I woke up and didn't realize the sunrise was the sunrise, so I couldn't figure out what the fiery ball in the sky was. <laughs> Great. That's another story altogether. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's the sun. <laughs> but I feel like she's not the first writer to have mentioned Right, just kind of going this with sort type of mm-hmm. thinking because I know that I don't remember who it was since, but I've had thought processes like that yep. since sometime mm-hmm. recently, where like I see stuff and I'm like, oh, hmm. could this yep. be? I'm gonna think like this from now on. It's gonna be the spark that shoots me to stardom, <laughs> Newberry Medal winner. All right. <laughs> You guys should do it too. I'm not a writer, so we could have a little short story club, like like Anne. Oh, go for it! Yeah. Start the club. I'm. I have. I give the idea, Lauren. You oh, organize. I'm the one that does all the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she also, Lauren alluded to this that she had a very good year because in 1968, when she won the Newbery, the runner-up to her Newbery Award was her book, Jennifer. Hackett? I don't know how to say she that was word. Her own Macbeth, William McKinley, and me, Elizabeth. That's the title of the book. <laughs> it's about a new child in a neighborhood and her friendship with a girl who claims to be a witch. I was wondering about that. So she she had two books come out in 1967. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of them mm-hmm. won the medal and one of them got the honor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy to yeah. me. Is did you do any research into to looking to see if she's the only author that's done that? She is, as far as I know. Okay. That's what it said. Yeah, she's the only one. That's awesome. So it's like how what's his face? Wait, was what's his face the only one that won both of those awards? The English one and the American. Yeah, okay. oh, right. Yes. So we have two authors in a row now that have done so things special. that no one else yeah. has done. So two movies have been made about this book. Hmm. One in 1973, and one in... The, I think the one in 95 was a made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen it. I had never heard... I wish I would have heard of this book. It was actually uh, 2017 in the summer. Oh, I guess I was living here. But 
they had a special event at the Met because it was his 50th anniversary oh, of this awesome. book. And so they had a whole day and they had themed cookies for everybody nice. and tours and it was awesome. just I would have gone just for the themed cookies. I know, right? <laughs> so way to go, Matt. We need to make things fun for the children. Yes. Inspire love of the arts. She's very much into the arts, obviously she's an artist and or was an artist. Do any of her other books yes. have any have some of her chemistness in them? Uh, don't know, but she did have another Newberry winner that maybe we could read sometime. She did. Review from Saturday. Mm-hmm. They're all listed on the back. Oh, look at you, Mandy. It's hard to read. <laughs> that Outcast book looks interesting. It's the Outcast of 19 Schuler Place. Place. Yeah. It looks interesting. I marked it as oh, want yeah. to read on Goodreads. What so a awesome. silent to the bone. It kind of frightens me, the name. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Most of her books are about history and art. Yeah. It's kind of her theme. Hmm. She likes learning too, but like giving knowledge in her alive. books. 83 though, man. Good job. It's a good run. Yeah. It is a good run. That's all I have. Awesome. Good job, Leah. Well, Leah. <laughs> well, man, I'll go with Mandy first. So oh. far as <laughs> as far as you've gotten in the book, what are your what okay. are your thoughts on this book? Number one thought. I wish that that the end where I am now was how the beginning was. Because mm-hmm. I had a really hard time reading this up until probably a chapter ago, which was chapter seven. Yeah. Which is basically, like, the end of the book now. So, like, literally fell asleep in bed. Like, I tried really hard with this one, guys, to read it. But I kept falling asleep and I would just wake up and like the book was on the floor and I was like, oh, <laughs> we're doing so well. But I like the book. I like it. Good. I had more thoughts, but I can't remember them now. Well, as we continue to discuss it, you can say your thoughts. So, well, I like it for the aspect of like it's children and imagination, you know, like a kid reading this would, you know, mm-hmm. this is so cool. Like they're living in a museum. They can see the stuff without people making them feel like they can't look too long. You know, mm. that's that's my pet peeve going to museums. I feel like I can't. you're too rushed. <laughs> yeah, it's choppy. Don't rush her. <laughs> Do it. So there's my overall thoughts. Thank what are you. your thoughts, Leah? I would agree with what you said. It was kind of a slow beginning. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the... I like her wit and sense of humor. It mm-hmm. is kind of older. You can tell it's an older book. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed her her humor. Yes, humor. Especially um, the way the kids interact with each other. Yes. Like, the, I, the story wasn't totally captivating. It wasn't quite what I expected it to be mm-hmm. but it did keep me coming back once you get into the heart of it like I want to know what what happens mm-hmm. but well and, and for the length of it the story is good like that's right. it's a of quick read is. I mean it's, it's a just, short book like mm-hmm. the short little read a chapter every night to your kid book right yeah it'd be a good read aloud mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for young kids yep Lauren what were your thoughts so this book I mean was definitely not my favorite book that we've read so far it's better than Story of Mankind. Yes. <laughs> I feel like 
any if that is our bar, <laughs> right. we'll all be kind. Good thing we started with that one. Whatever it is. Ulysses. Somewhere between there. I don't know. I, I don't know if the story was, like, too linear for me. or I, I also think that part of my problem is, you know, we just read the Graveyard book, which just had so much going on right. in it. Um, whereas this is just kind of a cute little story mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was that, but, um, I do like that the story is told by Mrs. Frank Weiler and like, mm-hmm. you know, we find out her connection to the children at the end of the book. And soon um, I will find out her connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Jamie. He's probably my favorite character. He's so witty and clever mm-hmm. and keeps Claudia in line when <laughs> she's the little brother, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was... He's definitely clever beyond his years. So that's my overall thoughts. Yeah, I... Claudia actually kind of reminded me of you, Lauren. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like, I, I I, she has to keep being good and keep yes learning something every day yes. and make sure everything is mm-hmm. how it should She's be. She's always and, correcting and his grammar. We're still going to yes. go, you know, say a prayer on Sunday at the <laughs> stained glass window. That was really cute. <laughs> Yes, that's funny. Claudia annoyed me, so maybe it's one of those things where don't meet your you see, like because <laughs> like I wouldn't be friends with myself in real life because yeah. I'd annoy myself. <laughs> I could just see that being us. Like I'm way more. Let's just have fun. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we need, we need a schedule to schedule and we need, we need to play properly. Yeah. But you would be the penny pincher, like he is. Me? Yes. No. no. I feel like if Lauren said to you, let's take a pin- bus, I'm the <laughs> you'd be like, no, we're walking. I wouldn't I wouldn't spend extravagantly. Leah would. I might. Be like, because you would want more money I for food. Walk, though, <laughs> if it more food. Yeah. So I would wouldn't walk be for the reason food. of saving money. It'd be no. to have more food. I do like to plan my spending. <laughs> if oh, I can have funny. dessert, I will walk. Yes. <laughs> I like Jamie's issue with cheating in cards. <laughs> I towards the end you'll get there, Mandy, maybe not. But he is talking to Mrs. Frank Weiler and saying like he knows that he shouldn't be cheating, but he just can't stop. <laughs> and I thought that was so wise as a child, like well, just to see that he has this flaw that mm-hmm. needs to well, be. And fixed. he is gambling in a sense. Exactly. So <laughs> I just can't stop. <laughs> he has an addiction. He does. He's a little gambling <laughs> addict. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> Poor boy. I guess the thing that like and I, I just had to like take this part of the book and just forget about it because I didn't like it. Like the fact that they run away and like her reason for running away is just really stupid in my opinion. Like She's not feeling noticed by her parents or she feels like, you know, she's the oldest and she has to do most of the chores and she's mad about that. Yeah, and like a lot of children can relate to that though. Yeah, and I thought about you know, it. I was like, you know I'm what? Run away. I think we all have you know, we've all like felt unloved or unnoticed or underappreciated mm-hmm. by our families and I I think we've all threatened to run away as children. <laughs> like, you know, I did so. run away. <laughs> I just walked around the school and came back. Oh, nice. <laughs> Don't you remember that? You and mom watched me. And yeah. mom was like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> I know. My mom helped me pack my bag. She was like, she'll be back. <laughs> she'll oh, be back. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you just 
just don't go to grandma's house. Yeah, yeah. I was going to go to grandma's. <laughs> and then she started like helping me pack. Two blocks away. Like, I don't know if I like this. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think... I think if I had read it as a child, I wouldn't have been able to relate better. But as an mm-hmm. adult with a child, like, that bothered me. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, her par- like they ran away and her parents have no idea, like, where mm-hmm. they are. But- as the time kept going by, I just kept getting more and more panicky. And I thought about that, too. I was yeah. like, what are her parents doing right now? For four days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love, like, she's like, well, I wrote them a note. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I read a review where they were talking about that and how it kind of addresses her coming of age and coming to awareness of who she is mm-hmm. and trying to find mm-hmm. purpose in life. Yeah. And the author actually said that, you know, kids want to be known. Mm-hmm. They want to know that they're different and they want to be appreciated for being different. Yeah. <laughs> and if she feels the mundane of suburban life, mm-hmm. which I don't know if every child's going to pick up on that. Right. But as the adult looking back on it, I'm like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense than... Yeah. But, but she does still. have, like, this strong, like, yearning for knowledge and, and learning knowledge, yeah. and, yeah, purpose and meaning and worth and... Wanting to be a heroine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I got really nervous for them, though, every time that it was time to hide. And... Yeah, I gotta give them props, though. Like... They hid and were quiet for a very long time, and I don't think I, as a child, could have done that. Like, an hour? Good job, fictional yeah. children. Yeah, like, he, like, had, they had to stand on the toilet for, like, an hour. Was, so I was they... like, what child would do this? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, have you, did you know what they were talking about with the automat, where they would go eat at the automat? Have you guys ever seen that before? Mm-mm. So back in the day, there were these restaurants you could go to in in New York, at least. I don't know if they had them other places, but it's basically like a giant like vending machine type scenario where you pick your money and put your money in and then a slot opens and the food comes Hmm. out. Interesting. (laughs) So that's what they were doing. It was like going to this automated. And I think it was supposed to be really futuristic and stuff, oh, you know, because yeah. like, it was in the city. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be something new and different. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if we were watching a documentary or something, and I, I saw a video of it. It's like, that's really different. Were there a lot of options? I mean, they clearly had many options. Did they, they find a picture. I'm sure it wasn't great food. I don't know. Anything that offers me mac and cheese is fine. <laughs> I love mac and cheese. So she's gonna show us a picture, and our listeners will have to post it online or something. But okay, so Um, it's kind of like what like a hospital food court would look like, only on a a larger level. Hmm. And I think that would make sense too, because then they wouldn't be dealing with like a a lot of people asking Asking, questions of like, why are yeah, where's your mom and dad? Yeah. Yeah, but in New York City. Kids run around by themselves. It's true. You anyway. see a lot of kids, like, on the subway, because that's how they get to school. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have curfews. Well, I'm sure they do. Just like anywhere else. Don't get caught by the police. That was one thing that fascinated me, though, is watching children, children, get on the subway mm-hmm. and go to school by themselves. And I was nervous to try to navigate as a 30-year-old woman. Yeah. <laughs> 
Good like, it's just kid. normal for them. Yeah, they grew up there. Yeah, Claudia's habit of correcting people's grammar is, like, really... It, it was super annoying to me. Like, it reminds me of someone I know. I'm not going to say who it is, but... It's not me. But it's really annoying. <laughs> it's not me. It's like, you know, they'll do it on, like, social media. It's like, oh, okay, good for you. You're smarter than the rest of us. I don't know. And, like, Jamie gets tired of it. And page 119, like, Jamie, or Claudia's like, I want to, you know, I want to... I want to co- go back home, diff- you know, different. And he's like, well, there's one thing you can do different. <laughs> you can stop correcting our grammar. And she, like, kind of gets the hint. Is like, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is part of growing up, you know, is realizing. <laughs> yeah, like, this is annoying. Like, yes, you're right. Like, she was right she was every right. time. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's annoying. <laughs> And it's not kind. It's no. not loving. It's yeah. not done in a sense of. And I don't. Yeah. She does it because she. She's the older right. I got, I'm right? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like that. Like it. I've always been good at English or whatever. But the oh, older yeah, I've I gotten, mistakes. But it doesn't bother me in like in speak, like in conversation, speaking, whatever. Like we're talking. <laughs> yeah. The only time it bothers me is is when I'm reading. Yeah. Yeah. Like a book. Mm-hmm. Unless, like, the book has made it very clear, whatever. Or, like, an article or something. You know, stuff like that where it's, like, you should be grammatically correct if you're writing a news article, okay? Oh, my word. Oh, guys. Every (laughs) news article I read, and it's local news and it's Mm -hmm. ABC. Can you not have someone proofread this before you publish it on the interwebs? Yep. Like, double words or... You know, they'll be like, they'll have a quote, and then they'll be like, said Jamie, said this, yes. and I'm like, or or even just like stupid, like typos, obvious yes. typos. Like, just have someone else read this. Just have, just hand it to just someone else. Because I feel like that's the place where that is necessary. Like, oh, everywhere else, just leave me alone. And but to here, me, you need to do Like, it. news art, like, to me, like, stuff like that takes the credibility out mm-hmm. of that article for me. Even mm-hmm. though it's like a stupid, like, two words together mm-hmm. thing, I'm like, I don't. I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> Maybe I am more like Claudia yeah. than I think. Or or even stuff that's like not a grammatic error, like the um did anyone see the headline about what's his face about him being a walking miracle? Who? Um oh, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, the headline. I think it was our they local news station said and he's a walk he was a walking miracle. And all the comments are like Nice headline. <laughs> wow. Literally known for being like, in a wheelchair. Yeah. Don't you have people like that can check this before like, maybe you we publish should do it? This. Like, oh my God. I don't know. There's so many mistakes like that happen all the time with news articles mm-hmm. and stuff that I just. Part of me wants to just like apply for a job there as a. Yeah, editor they need a Claudia. Because I can't. <laughs> that It frustrates me. It's like 10 year old kids could write a better article than you. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Claudia can do it. <laughs> so, so I just started laughing when you guys were doing that, not because of what you were saying, although that was funny. It's not <laughs> funny, Leah. It's a real problem. I know. We're going to start a movement. <laughs> Except I'm going to do all the work. It was, but I'll write Mandy's name down for the idea. Grammar matters too. Great. With a two. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> um, there were so many just one-liner, mm-hmm. funny, mm-hmm. 
things. I would just be reading along and all of a sudden, like, when they were talking about Michelangelo and how he had a broken nose. And Jamie said, was he a juvenile delinquent? Maybe they do have his fingerprints on him. And Claudia said, no, silly. He was a hot-tempered genius. <laughs> I just, like, their banter is hilarious. My favorite Jamie quote is on page 74, and Claudia says, how come you didn't take art appreciation lessons with me? The summer before last? Yeah, before school started. Well, the summer before last, I had just finished the second half <laughs> yes. of first grade. So what? So baloney, it was all I could do to sound out the name of Dick and Jane's dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I laughed out loud at oh, that one. <laughs> so what I really just started chuckling over is when they were in the fountain and bathing. And Are you this far yet, Andy? Yes, I read that. <laughs> and, he, and they gather all the chain. He says... Income, Claudia. Income. <laughs> when he's feeling the coins beneath his feet. I'm just like, yeah. He's like an old man. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's definitely an old man in a little oh, boy's body. So I like their Lady Claudia. Yeah. yeah part, that certain income thing was part of that. Uh. Yeah, because it was later on where, oh, when they were getting the mailbags, and she was like, we'll just take a really long bath later. (laughs) I liked that. (laughs) Uh, The author's synopsis of New York, I thought, was very fitting. If you think of doing something in New York City, you can be certain that at least 2,000 other people have that same thought. Mm -hmm. And of the Mm 2,000 who do, about 1,000 will be standing in line waiting to do it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, it's funny how New York yes, really hasn't changed has that, that much since no, 1960. Now maybe it's 5,000 people. Yeah, it's we'll just more people. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love the culture of there's a if there's a line, you should just get in it. Yeah. Because it's going to be good. It's going to be good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good book. Now, tell me the ending. Oh, how far are you? Hold on. Let's get there. Oh, yeah, it has more quotes, probably. Yes. Did you highlight that book? Uh, yeah, it's mine. I it bought it like at it's... the half-price bookstore. Oh, so that's why it looks like it's from the library. Yes. Mine is from the library. I, I did I, not I write it mine. You should have. It would be funny. <laughs> I am... <laughs> I'm just kidding, library. With, they would I don't probably find me. <laughs> they just read the letter, the response letter, is where I am, and Claudia's crying. So kind of in reference to what we were discussing with them being away from home, I think when it finally dawns on them that they're away from their home, um, Jamie says, they're talking about if they miss home, and he says, we probably have no conscience. Conscience. I think we ought to be homesick. Do you think mom and dad raised us wrong? <laughs> they're not very mean, you know. Don't you think that should make us miss them? <laughs> um, and then later he says... They talk about how they've never really been homesick. Only one time when they were dropped off at their aunt's house waiting on their brother to be born. He was upset, so he just walked around with his thumb in his mouth and his old blanket. And his aunt kept trying to get it away from him because it stank. (laughs) (laughs) He said, yeah, I guess homesickness is like sucking your thumb. It's what happens when you're not very sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then later he says, not really our fault if we're not homesick because their parents raised them really well. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a keen observation. Clearly it was the author that wrote that. But yeah, when you're not sure of yourself, it is hard to be away from home in a new environment. Mm -hmm. Good words. 
So you what page are you on? All the profound comments. I'm on page 118. Okay. So I nearly finished it. Nearly. So they meet Mrs. Frank Weiler. How do they meet her? They go to her house. They get a bus and go to her. Or they take the train. They take the... No, they take the taxi. They take a train to the taxi? Mm -hmm. Claudia finally gets her taxi. Oh, yeah, you're right there. They're going to buy tickets to Farmington, Connecticut. Yeah, so they go to her house. Some big letters. Mm. And they convince her to... Yeah, they just ask her. They ask her if she knows... Oh. It's really Michelangelo. And they... Is it? <laughs> so when Claudia takes a bath in the big tub mm-hmm. at the house, in one of her interviews, she was talking about characters and how they drive the story. And she said, once I get to know a character, sometimes things happen just because now I know who this person is. Mm-hmm. And she said, I hadn't planned on her taking a bath, but once we got to the house in the bathroom, I knew exactly that's what she would do. <laughs> yeah. She said, I yeah. felt like I knew her. She has the kids go to the bathroom to freshen up, and Claudia just takes a bath. <laughs> and the, they have a big fancy bathtub in this bathroom. <laughs> so she just My takes goodness. it. So they're waiting like on Jerry her. Like and Mrs. Frank to freshen like, up. They're waiting like, on oh, her to she, eat, and she's, she's like, like taking a bath. <laughs> So then she got out and she was mad because they didn't wait on her. (laughs) Yeah, they started eating before she got out there. So Mm. then they decide that they should trade secrets, except Mm. Jamie lets it slip while Claudia's taking a bath that they were staying at the Met (sighs) and like how they escaped because that's what the missus wanted to know. Naughty Jamie. So then she leaves them alone in her room with all of her files Mm -hmm. and says... she doesn't tell them where her file is on the statue, but she gives them, like, a clue. And she says, you have an hour to find it. But you can't mess anything up. Yeah. Everything has to be right yeah. where I keep it. And so they go through and have to figure out what it might be filed under. And so they check everything that makes sense, and they couldn't find it. And then Jamie says, baloney about something. And Claudia's like, yes, baloney. That's where she bought the... Statue. So they looked under Bologna. That's where they found it. They found the information. And the answer is... She has a letter that's signed by Michelangelo. And it basically is... Well, it's in Italian. And the other side has a sketch of the angel statue. (laughs) So So it is! It seems like it is. But she won't turn that in because she said everyone will just debate it. And some people will say it's real. And some people say it's fake. Mm -hmm. She said it's more fun to have a secret. Good for her. Yeah. And I love the quote. It's on page 152 and 153. So finishing it for me. So Mrs. Frankweiler reveals she she doesn't she has no desire to know whether or not the statue is truly legit or not. Like Claudia's like, well, don't you want to know for sure? And um she says, I'm satisfied with my own research on the subject. I'm not in the mood to learn anything new. And Claudia says, But Mrs. Frankweiler, you should want to learn one new thing every day. We did, even at the museum. No, I answered, Mrs. Frankweiler says. I don't agree with that. I think you should learn, of course, and some days you must learn a great deal, but you should also have days when you allow what is already in you to swell up inside of you until it touches everything, and you can feel it inside you. If you never take time out to let that happen, then you just accumulate facts and they begin to rattle around inside of you. 
You can make noise with them, but never really feel anything with them. It's hollow. And I like that quote because it kind of goes along with mm-hmm. what we've been learning in our yep. book study and that other book that I'm reading about just acquiring knowledge for knowledge's sake and, you know, does what we learn change us in, a, in any way or move us to some type of action? And it doesn't have to be some grand gesture, right. but, like, does it does it cause you to think differently about the world or, you know, join another community of people that that like the same stuff that you're into mm-hmm. and make make more connections with people yes. um or do you just learn things so you can sit around and tell people how much you know about stuff and i think we all know people who are like that who mm-hmm. just sit around and tell us how much they know about something and, and it's very and annoying our grammar. yeah and it's really annoying and the you know you just you know you know those people that you're like oh yeah they're the know-it-all like and you can't have a genuine conversation with these people because they just kind of take over the conversation and just tell you how much they know about something. And at the end, you're just like, okay, and walk away because, like... Good talk. Yeah, like, okay, good for you. <laughs> you know, no one wants to be around people like that. So what you read and what you learn, like, let it let it sink in and let it change you. Let it flow. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Be one with the universe. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Mandy has entered her yoga session. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm, sudden salutation. I like what they what she says about. Um, so Claudia's upset because if she tells Mrs. Frankwell or where they've been, then she thinks then their adventure will be over. And Mrs. Frankweller says the adventure. The adventure is over. Everything gets over. And nothing is ever enough, except the part you carry with you. It's the same as going on a vacation. Some people spend all their time on vacation taking pictures, so that when they get home, they can show their friends evidence that they had a good time. They don't pause to let the vacation enter inside of them and take that home. Mm -hmm. That's really even more appropriate now, because you can instantly post everything. And I found Mm -hmm. myself doing that. Yeah. You're not actually enjoying whatever moment you're experiencing because you've got to get a picture. But then it's a balance because... Well, yeah, you want to remember it. Pictures are a good way of passing on memories, you know, like pictures of birthdays and family moments. It's nice to have those to be able to look back on and to show future generations. But you have to walk a line between... And I think I just want everyone to see what we're doing. And Yeah, because Mm -hmm. I've been in that... Um, moment where you're so caught up in getting a good picture right. that you, you aren't enjoying what the you're moment. doing or you're not. And so, like, especially with Nora, it's like I want to capture every moment of her childhood. But I've learned to just, I'm like, look, we're outside. We're playing in the snow. Mm-hmm. That's what, mm-hmm. like, let's just enjoy this moment. Yep. I don't have to get a picture of this. It's okay. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. like, it'll be all right. And, but I wonder if, like, you know, because, like, back before we had digital cameras where we could actually see the picture, mm-hmm. like, right when we took it, like, they, you know, they had mm-hmm. cameras where you had to go get the film developed. So I wonder, like, if that has changed because, like, the people would take pictures and then move on. Right. But now that we can see it, we're like, oh, well, that wasn't a good that one. We need to right. get another yes. one. Right. Yeah. Whereas before, you you had to wait, like, you mm-hmm. know, however long it took you right. to get your film developed and then you then you see it was in a good picture but exactly. it's, it's okay i don't know like you still have the memory but i had a camera like that when i went to the zoo took a full roll of monkey butt photos <laughs> good for you <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> 
I just I think that that has has definitely changed the way we operate yes. as well. It's it's interesting how technology kind of hindered hinders us in some way mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. advancing us. But people are still the same. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. even without yeah, great cameras, exactly. people were still trying to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some of my fondest memories of trips or whatever are things that I didn't necessarily capture on mm-hmm. on camera. Like that time we were in Disney World, just the three of us. Like, I mean, yes. we have some pictures because we took pictures right. of Tinkerbell. But and we took pictures of those yeah, hats. But for the most part, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we just wandered oh, around I just the park. remember wandering around with you guys and being crazy. Being ridiculous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's probably good there's no documentation of that. <laughs> we should not be allowed to wander around at night by ourselves. <laughs> We were safe. We were at Magic Kingdom, so mm-hmm. no safer place on Earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, you were pregnant. We had to, you know, protect you. Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Any last thoughts on this book? It was enjoyable. It was nice to be in the city for a bit. Yeah. I think that's what I enjoyed the most about it. I miss New York. Me too. I like to visit there. I would never live there. So I need someone else to live there so I can visit there. I would go back in an instant. (laughs) No one costly though. (laughs) It is costly. High cost of living there in the city. Yes. Yes. I I wouldn't be able to live there either. But the trip was fun. And I wouldn't mind another one. Yeah. Be fun. But having to do life all the time there would make me crazy. I would get I'd anxiety. To, I'd have to up my anxiety. Yeah, yes. I would need medication. <laughs> wow. Well, the 1968 Newbery Honor books oh, yes, the were, I mean, we already talked about this, the one by E.L. Konigsberg. So Jennifer, I think it's pronounced Hecate, Macbeth, William McKinley, and me, Elizabeth. So... Looks like she's talking about different people from history in that book. Hecate is a Roman goddess, I think. <clears throat> it comes up in one of Rick Riordan's books. I figured that's where you learned it. The Black Pearl by Scott O'Dell. Ooh. The Fearsome Inn by Isaac Bashevis Singer. Ooh. That's a cool name. Yeah. And The Egypt Game by Zilpha Keatley Snyder. So check those out. Those were the 1968 honor books. Good job, guys. Well, guys, are you ready to learn what our next book <gasps> I shall am. be? Tell us, Lauren. Us. All right. So our next book will be the 1952 Newbery Medal winner, Ginger Pie, mm. by Eleanor Estes. So this book, let me read the blurb. This book is <laughs> the, the disappearance of a new puppy named Ginger and the appearance of a mysterious man in a mustard yellow hat bring excitement into the lives of the Pie children. Their last name is Pie, P-Y-E. So the reason that I picked this book is one, yes, it's an old book and I have, feel like I have to pick the old books because you guys never do. Mine Although like Leah's, the same age as yours. Leah's was uh, yeah. pretty close. <clears throat> I told you that. <laughs> but also, so the author of the Vanderbeegers, Karina Yan Glaser, she has a dog named Ginger Pie, and she named obviously named her dog after the dog in this book. And I, so I was like, oh, I want to read that book now because I 
hadn't read it. So that will be our next Here book. We go. Ginger mm. Pie. So it looks like a cute little. Whoa, it's 306 pages. Cute little book. Did not think it would be that long, judging by the it cover. It does look cute. I'm yeah. looking at it. <laughs> and I have Prime, so I'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so yeah, that's our next book. Good job, Lauren. Thanks. Way to pick a book. I did it. I picked a book. I think we, we will like this book. Now that I see the cover, I, yeah. I, I might make it. Yeah, Guys... I feel like once we get into like the fifties, the books aren't as bad. Like it's like those nineteen twenties books that are that were rough. <laughs> those weirdos like, from the twenties. And even like Doctor Doolittle was. I mean, it's a good story, but it was still kind of rough reading. Yeah, I feel like Doolittle's better on the screen. Yeah. So yeah, Ginger Pie. Should we let it. the people know how to get in touch with us? Sure. Sorry, I was ordering my book. Because <laughs> you're on top of this. <laughs> so you can email us, teamfriendshippodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at teamfriendshippodcast. We're on Facebook. You can find us. We are Team Friendship Reads. On here, but well, I'm not gonna give the web address, they can look for us. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just threw me off. Sorry, <laughs> waiting for more. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Three Friends Podcast and our website, Team Friendship Podcast.com. And up until a few days ago, you could only listen to us either if you listen to us straight from our website or if you had uh, Apple Podcasts, but you can now find us on Stitcher and Google Play. So if you have an Android and you'd like to use those apps, search for us on those apps and give us a listen. Yeah, and leave us a review. We got a nice review from our number one we did on iTunes. Yeah. So go go Don't to we? iTunes and, <laughs> and read that nice review. We have two reviews, so it would be awesome if we had more. We need more reviews because right now we have like a zero rating because you need like so many reviews to actually get your number up. So, folks. Doesn't have to be long. Just yeah. be like, great podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fill in your own words. Right. But yeah. It's the best podcast ever. Their first episode was, was not good, but now they're amazing. <laughs> Take these and run with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those things where they like give you like those pre-written emails to send to your politicians. Yes. <laughs> you used to, we will type. We them will type into it your for you. Yeah. Just copy paste. <laughs> so yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Gracie Firstborn. I'm on Instagram. Uh, Leah Raniel. I am also on Instagram at Mandy Malay. Well, folks, until next time. And remember, friends, <laughs> no two persons ever read the same book. And if you're Mandy, you fell asleep reading it. Well, guys, let's get into our Ooh, book that we're discussing this time. From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. This book won... The Newbery Medal in 1968. Hey! Yes? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, book news. Oh, I'm 
sorry, man. because you've got her page. <laughs> That's what happens when you take Lauren's notes. <laughs> okay. I'll edit all that out. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's... I love that it took you to just then, though, to figure out. <laughs> well, I was getting my phone ready to play my intro, and then I hear her say that, and I'm like... I'm sorry. Um, the honor books this year were Crown and Ode to the Fresh Cut. Just yeah, discuss that just one. About. By Derek Barnes. So and that book that book got an honor award for the Newberry. Mm-hmm. Thank you for restating <laughs> what Manny just said. And that means it happened before the last one. Next. 